Welcome back to another episode of the Logically Speaking Sports Podcast, brought to you by the Daily Beacon. We're going to be talking about marquee NFL matchups this episode. Adam, you want to take the first one? Yeah, uh, so it's the Panthers at the Steelers on Thursday night. Um, I think it's going to be one of the best Thursday night games so far, uh, especially since we know kind of how the teams are forming out. Um, Panthers have been playing really well as of late. Um, got the big win over Tampa last week in their division, um, and the Steelers as well. Same kind of same kind of thing, although it was a very different game uh, against Baltimore. Uh, but I like how the Steelers' offense, especially, is playing. James Conner uh, playing like a top five running back so far this season. Um, so in this one, I'm going to take the Steelers in a really close one. Um, I think them at home, they play like a much better team at home than they do on the road. Um, and I think ben, uh, ben is a completely different quarterback at home than on the road. Uh, I know this year the splits have been a little better for him, but in the past couple of years it's definitely been a big split. Um, but I expect that they're going to dice up that Panthers secondary. I think that uh, those corners are really young. They haven't faced receivers quite like Juju and Antonio Brown quite yet, plus Connor out of the backfield will be important. Um, so I am going to take the Steelers in a close one, probably about a 7-10 point victory. Yeah, I think I'm right there with you. Uh, it, it was a toss-up. I do think Christian McCaffrey could have a huge game for the Panthers this week. Uh, I do also think this could be another huge game for DJ Moore. As Over the over this season, he's been kind of accumulating more catches, and last, last week was probably his biggest week so far this year. Uh, I mean, like you said, I think James Conner is playing like an elite running back right now. I think it's hard to deny that this offense may not need Le'Veon Bell to be as successful as they've been in the past. Uh, I think this could be another huge game for Juju as well. He hasn't been quite what I think kind of people thought he would be this year. Antonio Brown is overshadowing him like usual. Uh, but I think this could be another big game for Juju. Like you said, the Panthers' corner is overall a bit too inexperienced for me in this matchup. I think their defense, the Panthers' defense overall is has had a great year, and Definitely. they are they are playing pretty much lights out football against teams they should be. But I think this might be one of the better offenses they've faced all year in the Steelers. But like, and yeah, like you said, I think the Steelers might take this one on like a late touchdown or late field goal and probably about like a 10 to 14 point win. Yeah, actually, I'm going to take the Panthers on this one. Uh, I'm a big fan of them, their offense, especially with Cam Newton and Christian McCaffrey. I think last week, I think we finally saw Kitten, what he like, what we all thought he should be, like MVP. He's definitely an MVP uh, type caliber um season so far he went 19 for 25 I think the accuracy what we had problems with last year when they struggled I think is kind of with I think Norv Turner at playing calling plays now I think is we kind of see what to make him the best taking the best of his abilities Steelers look good too had a close win against the Ravens last week something I called the Ravens are going to beat them uh, when the Steelers went on the road obviously I was wrong James Conner, like you said, Adam, has a top five back this year. I mean, he looks kind of like Le'Veon did last year for sure. But I just think at the end of the day, I think the Panthers are really hot right now, even even though both teams have defensive concerns for me that I'm not totally quite sold on. Look for them. I think look for the Panthers to find a way to pull this one out on Thursday night. Yeah, I think an X factor is the Steelers' D-line. If they can get pressure on Cam, that's going to be a big thing because, like, Tampa last week didn't get any of that. That's pretty normal for them. But I think if he gets pressured, has to dump it off to McCaffrey more, um, it could, you know, help him, you know, get that completion percentage up, get some more confidence, but it could also hurt him in the fact that he can make some bad decisions. Uh, moving on to the first 1 o'clock game, it's going to be the Saints at the Bengals. Uh, Miller, you can kick this one off. Yeah, Saints won a huge offensive game last week against the Rams. I've, I think they're kind of proving that they might be the number one team in the league right now. Uh, I mean, so the Rams are still probably the undis- they're probably still going to be the most, most undisputed number one. But I think overall the Saints have probably a better defense right now. 
Overall, I think I like the corners of the Saints a little bit better, even though P.J. Williams is suspect a lot of times. But A lot of but, the time. But, I mean, when you got Marshall Lattimore on your team, and we all know he's probably a future shutdown cornerback if he's not already. Uh, I mean, overall, the Bengals, they've outperformed what I think people thought they would this year. They're not a terrible team, but I think as of right now, the Saints just – they're, they're as overall too good on both sides of the ball. I think Alvin Kamara is going to have another huge game. I think Mark Ingram could have his first major game of the year. Uh, and I'd look for probably Drew Brees to probably throw about two or three touchdowns. Yeah, uh, I'm going to take the Saints as well. I think uh, our takes last week about the corners and the secondary of the Rams kind of came to fruition. Oh, I think sure. our, I think me and Jared definitely agreed on the Marcus Peters um, effect and how he hasn't looked as good this uh, this year, especially compared to last year's, um, especially when he's their lock-in number one. He got burnt like toast last week a lot of the times <laughs> um, against Michael Thomas putting up, you know, 211 and a touchdown on 11 catches. Um, so I think the Saints come out and have a good offensive day. I don't think it's going to be quite what they were against the Rams. I think the Bengals have an underrated defense. I think the secondary is young. Jesse Bates is a good safety. William Jackson has been kind of coming into his role at corner. Um, so I think that their defense is a little slept on just because they have also their D-line is you know veterans that are good at, good at uh, trying to uh, rush the passer and stuff like that. Um, but I think the Saints do take it um, by about 10 to 14 points. Uh, in a close one, so yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna take the Saints in this one too. Bengals, like you said, both said they've been playing pretty good this yeah. year. I think they've um, exceeded expectations for sure. Definitely in the race for the AFC North uh, division. I think it's them and the Steelers. I think the Ravens have kind of faded away, and I think we'll, we all wanted the Browns to kind of be in the mix by this time. But we all can see that with the disastrous uh, coaching decisions and just. Just in general, the Browns. I mean, we, yeah. they, they definitely faded away. Maybe next yeah. year, you know. <laughs> but, yeah, um, I think we all know now that Breeze is, if not the top candidate for MVP, him and Mahomes for sure, he definitely should be with his season he's playing and the way they just went in and beat the Rams. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. I think that at the end of the day, I don't think talent-wise they may not be the top team, but with the way they're playing right now, they sure look like it. I think the Rams, once they get to lead back, is going to be a big deal for them. I think he's playing – he'll he's definitely playing way better than Marcus Peters did. Yeah. And like you said, Marcus Peters, I don't know where they put it, looked awful. So, But, yeah, like at the end of the day, I think the Saints come in this one, even though Adam was saying before we started that this might be a trap game for him. I think at the end of the day they're just going to find a way to put it – Put, put this game away and just put another win in the column. Yeah, not having A.J. Green could be an issue, too, just because you're going to see Lattimore on Boyd a lot. So they're going to need John Ross, who's been basically silent since he's been drafted, um, you know, with the injury and stuff like that. But he's going to have to step up. Um, and also their tight ends have been a little better, even though, you know, Eifert's been out. Um, Uzuma has stepped up somewhat. Um, but, yeah. So moving on to the next one, Patriots at the Titans. Uh, Jared, you can kick this one off. Yeah, um, I'm going to take the Patriots in this one. I, I think this game's going to be close. I know it's Vrabel's a Patriots disciple of Belichick, I think. So I, I think this one's going to be close. I think they know how to play against each other. I think that uh, at the end of the day, I think Michelle's going to be back so for sure. I think that's a huge yeah. part of their offense. Yeah. I know even if they don't, Cordell Patterson, he had 11 carries for 61 yards last week and a touchdown, which is a big deal. I mean, he's pretty much a running back. He's pretty much a huge running back that plays by receiving catch a little bit. But – this one's at um, Nashville. I just, I think it's going to be closer than what people think. Uh, I think it might be maybe a touchdown less. Might might be a field goal type game. But I think at the end of the day, Patriots will find a way to pull this one out. Yeah, I mean the Titans' defense has played a lot better than a lot of people expected. They're like tops in scoring defense so far this season. Now I will say the teams that they played, the offenses have been a little suspect. I mean. 
with the Jaguars and stuff like that, you know, allowing them to only six points. It's it's a fair assessment, but at the same time, you can't take away. It's been their young talent that's mm-hmm. taken the forefront, especially. Uh, I like watching Harold Landry a lot in the past couple weeks. I thought he's really stepped up. Mm-hmm. Um, when, uh, when he was drafted, a lot of people didn't really think about him as a first-round talent, but he's definitely started to step into that role. Uh, but I am going to take the Patriots in this one in, like you said, what will be a closer game than a lot of people expect. But I just don't expect Brady to lose this type of game. Um, you could see it as a trap game for him, but with Brady, there's just not a lot of trap games that ever happen, um, especially outside of his own division. Um, so I, I expect also Josh Gordon to have a pretty good game. He's bigger than the corners on on the Titans, and I think that those jump balls can go to him a lot easier against the Titans secondary. Um, so I expect him to have a pretty good game while they try to focus more on Edelman and try to keep him locked down. Yeah, that's fair. Um, I mean, look, I know Dak Prescott is never going to beat Tom Brady. But, yeah, I think you have to give the Titans defensive line credit, especially in the second half. They found ways to dot pressure against them, creating, yeah. I think they got five sacks in the second half. And, like I said, Harold Landry was huge in that. Uh, he like he drafted in the second round. I don't know how he fell in the second round overall. He's been he's he's always been first-round talent. I don't know if it was the injury that caused him to fall that far, but you never know. Uh, I think, overall, I think the Titans had the defense to shut down the Patriots' running game, at least. Uh I mean, you saw Ezekiel Elliott's probably, I think we can all agree, probably t- at least a top 10 running back. I'd probably say, oh, I'd probably even say top five in other circumstances. Yeah, I'd, I'd go at least top six. I, I, didn't, I didn't want to make any crazy <laughs> Don't worry. But I think, I think the Titans proved they at least can shut down Ezekiel Elliott. In the first half, he kind of went off for, I think, about 40 yards. But in the second half, he I think he didn't even get, like, 20. No, yeah, he had, like, <laughs> four touches total in the second half. Yeah. So. If, I think, obviously, if he forces the Patriots to throw the ball, it's not going to be to your super benefit. But I think this could be a game where the, maybe the secondary rises. I think it, it, it's going to be key for Kenny Vaccaro and Kevin Byard to both have pretty big games. Kenny Vaccaro is going to be huge in the run game like he always is. He's a hard-hitting safety. Uh, he he can he can get cover, he can cover semi well, but it's always kind of a toss up what you're gonna get from him. Kevin Byard's proven he's still probably an, like I wouldn't say elite free safety yet, but definitely one of the definitely a top one. Yeah, he's definitely up there. He's and he's only he's, I think he's only gonna get better. Uh, I think right now and Mark has even proved last week that on Monday at least that he can be a solid quarterback. I wouldn't call him franchise yet. He does still make some questionable decisions. But I think right now it's still he need you need to see more what he can do with like more weapons around him. I think right now the wide receiver room in the Titans is kind of suspect. Still, I mean Corey Davis has had big games before. Uh, we don't know about Taewon Taylor right now. He is day to day with an injury. Uh, it's right now you're kind of messing with a bunch of like wide receiver three and four is playing like wide receiver two for for the Titans right now. And like you both said, I think this could be a field goal game. And as of right now, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm going to pick the Titans. They are at home. The Patriots are are only have two losses. And it is super hard to pick against them. But right now, I do think the Titans kind of proved everyone on like a national stage that they can be a solid team. And you, you can say what you want about Dallas. I know they're three and five right now, but I don't. I think with better coaching, they would be a better team because they have the talent to be probably a top team in the league. Definitely. But I think as of right now, I do kind of I do like the Titans a little bit too much. You could call me a homer. I get it. Mm. But as of right now, I think the Titans could win on like a game-winning field goal. Yeah. Um, so moving on to the next one, it's going to be a 4:25 Eastern start. Uh, it's going to be the Rams hosting the Seahawks. I can kick this one off. Um, I'm going to take the Rams in this one. I think it's actually going to be a pretty close game. These division games, especially in this division, always seem to be. And the Seahawks always step up to the Rams, or the Rams always step up to the Seahawks, uh, depending on who is leading in the division. Um, so I think that it'll be a closer game than a lot of people expect. But I expect the Rams' offense to just be a little bit too much for that Seahawks' defense that 
started to get a little banged up here in these past couple weeks. And also the loss of Chris Carson this week may play a role um, against a pesky run defense for the Rams that held in check Mark Ingram and Kamara for a lot of last week's game, although they did get them worked in in the passing game quite a bit. Um, I don't think that's going to be as much of the case with a guy like Mike Davis and the lack of talent they have on the outside at receiver. Um, but I expect it's going to be about a 7 to 10 point game, in my opinion. It could be more than that if the Rams offense plays like it has been all year. Um, so it really just comes down that to that for me. Yeah, I think I'm going to agree with you. I, th- I think it's going to be a little bit more high scoring than you have. I think the Rams probably won, but more like by two touchdowns, probably maybe even like 15, like not even 15 points, like maybe another, like like three touchdowns. Yeah. I think, like you said, the Seahawks injuries on defense, which was a unit overall getting better week by week. Was like I said, the injuries are going to hurt them overall. Uh, not having Chris Carson, who has isn't like having a great year, but like has been a productive running back for the Seahawks right now. Losing him hurts. Mike Davis isn't a bad substitute, but overall, I think right now Chris Carson is the running back one for a reason. I think overall he has he supplies a better game plan for the Seahawks and also is a better compliment to, to Russell Wilson. But yeah, like I think this could be a game that Russell Wilson keeps him in for like a good portion of the game. I still think the Seahawks defense could find ways to maybe shut down the Rams. It's gonna be creative. They're gonna, overall, they're gonna have to find ways to pressure Goff. That's when Goff is at his worst. When he gets under pressure, he's still young. He's still developing. So if you can, if you can maybe blitz well, get him under pressure, he's gonna make mistakes. He's gonna take unnecessary sacks. But as of right now, I think Todd Gurley's just having way too good of a year. I think Jared Goff's having another great year. Not another great year. He's having a, yeah, he has another great year. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, overall, I, I think what could hurt the Rams over, like you said, is Marcus Peters is probably one of the most overrated cornerbacks in the league. I think it's finally starting to show that he isn't as good as people thought he was, especially with almost with all the Rams gave up to trade for him. Uh, but overall, I think the Rams are way too high-powered on offense to keep it close. Yeah, I think the imbalance for the Seahawks on offense, I think them being so run-heavy this year is going to hurt them in this game because the high-flying offense of the Rams forces you to be able to throw the ball downfield and move the ball consistently. And if you give the Rams too many possessions, they're going to make way too much out of it. Yeah, I'm with with both of you on this one. I have the Rams. Last week they played the Saints, and they didn't have a terrible game. Offensively, the Rams didn't have a terrible game. But that's one of those games where, because the way you like said, their offense is just high flying and just it's almost like a college type offense. And at the end of the day, the Saints match up well with that. It's not it's not like it's say they play the Titans where they kind of have to slow the game down and right. not to say not to like hate on the Titans or anything, but just the way they play, yeah. just they have to slow it down. Take not time position sure. is a big deal for them. Unlike the Saints, unlike the Rams, unlike the Falcons, who can just. With you give them time, you give them maybe a two minute minute and a half, and they can go down and score a touchdown that quick. Uh, I think at the end of the day, um, Seahawks don't. Uh, their offense is good, like, but Chris Carson not being there, I think play action is a big deal for them. And I just don't think with Mike Davis there, it's going to be as effective as we saw last week when they played the Chargers. They lost to a close one, but I think the Chargers kind of had that one for most of the most of the day. Yeah, if they if they had a had a kicker, that game would have been sealed a lot earlier. Sure. I think. Oh, yeah, for sure. And that's always been their problem. It's not even yeah. been, <laughs> I mean, the so just got cuts. They're going to have a backup come and maybe even kick some extra points from time to time. Yeah, but I think I think Badgley's back for him this week. Yeah, so. for sure. But, yeah, at the end of the day, I just think the Rams are just going to find a way to win this one, even though division games are always close. It's just definitely by two or three touchdowns for sure. Yeah, so moving on to the next one. I know Jared is excited for this one. Dolphins at the Green Bay Packers at Lambeau. Going to be a chilly one, I'm guessing. Uh, Jared, I'll let you kick it off. 
All right. Uh, well, so uh, last week the Dolphins <laughs> came away with the win against the Jets at home, thirteen to six. Where no, win. yeah, where no offensive score touchdowns were scored. Uh, the defense, it, was a, it was a pretty that, game. I loved watching every like an, second. That sounds like an average Titans game, really. <laughs> yeah, it was like watching the Titans for sure. Uh, it was. Um, it was interesting. Uh, Gase is losing his team for sure. I think last week after Rashad Jones uh, taking himself out of the game, whether it was. Um, miscommunication or whatever it was, I think at the end of the day, something's going wrong. It just always seems to be drama inside uh, the locker room. Gase, we saw play calling has been an issue all year. I mean, only scoring 17 points a game is not good. That's almost Bills and Cardinals, Arizona-level type offense, and we know how their seasons are going. I just think at the end of the day, I'm going to take the Dolphins in this one. I think they're going to find a way to pull this one out. They always play Green Bay close. Every, the last couple of years they played Green Bay. They Aaron Rodgers uh, scored a game-winning touchdown against them because we had one of our slowest linebackers in pass coverage, which, I mean, I mean he's probably going to find a way to, uh, to score even with our fastest cover linebacker. But I just think at the end of the day they're going to go in there, I think get us firmly back in a playoff race, even though we already are. We're, like, sitting, like, right out of, like, seven spots. So I just think at the end of the day we're going to find a way to win this one. But then again, it's Aaron Rodgers, and we all know how that goes. <laughs> Jared, you know I love you, right? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I'm, I just want to make sure you know that when I think the Packers win, probably in a blowout fashion. I do think it's it's going to come down to defense. Uh, Packers, I think, have an underrated defense. They did kind of get exposed against the Patriots, getting that, like, outscored by crazy. But, I mean, like like you said, Miami doesn't have a bad defense overall. I just I think it's going to come to uh, come down to offense. Like you said, they, they didn't score any offensive runs against the Jets, which I think you can argue the Jets' defense is pretty suspect. It's not, it's not I mean, great. I think they're hit and miss, but, yeah, you're definitely not wrong. I think, yeah. I think they're I think they're – about what we thought they were. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's and I, I don't think the Dolphins are a bad team. I think Tannehill's in this game. I think I'd probably choose a little bit, a little bit different. Overall, I think Tannehill isn't. He's not a great quarterback, but he definitely he's underrated in the league. He he can't. He gives you more to do than Brock Osweiler can overall. Yeah, it's definitely limited offensively, like play calling and stuff like that for sure. Yeah, for him. sure. I mean, I'd, I'd say Tannehill's probably a better passer than Osweiler overall. But yeah, I, I think overall Aaron Rodgers is too good of a quarterback, and I think they want to kind of redeem themselves after what happened against the Patriots on Sunday night. Uh, so I'd probably think the Packers went by 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 two to three touchdowns. Yeah, I'm going to take Green Bay in this one as well. I think them being at home is uh, pretty big for them. Uh, to play at Lambeau, I just think it's a little different uh, compared to a lot of other stadiums. Uh, but I think for the Packers, they're going to have to realize that um, with this game, if they lose this game, they're basically out of the division. Yeah. The North is way too close, and if they lose this one to a Dolphins team that a lot of people expect them to beat – then that's basically their season and another wasted Aaron Rodgers year. Um, and you'll probably see Mike McCarthy out the door pretty fast after this one, regardless of how it comes out, in my opinion. Uh, but overall, I think the Packers' offense will come out and play pretty well. I think Devontae Adams has a pretty good game, even though Xavier Howard has been legit this year. Um, I think Devontae can still get in space and get some uh, get some catches. Uh, but I th- also look for... Uh, Valdez Scantling to have a good game. Drawn him out and placed on IR, so he's going to keep playing. I think his snap count is just increasing as he gets more um, good, like a lot better with the playbook and what they're trying to do on offense. I think it just gets better and better for him. And I honestly think he's their second most talented receiver uh, behind Adams. I think he's better than Cobb is right now, especially with Cobb fighting injuries, what it seems like every week. Um, he never gets rid of them. Uh, so I think he's going to play a big part in it. And look for Jimmy Graham to, to play a part, especially in the red zone against the slower linebackers of the Dolphins. I think the Dolphins can 
stop Aaron Jones a lot. So I think the Packers will have to throw the ball quite a bit. So I, I think that Graham will have to get involved if their offense wants to keep moving down the field and score touchdowns and not kick field goals. Um, and I think also last week playing the Patriots, I think one of the issues with the Packers' defense was the fact that their offense left them in a lot of vulnerable spots, uh, especially with like the Aaron Jones fumble and Rodgers not playing great and stuff like that. I mean, we even heard Bill Belichick uh, during the game with the in-game audio that he was saying, you know, pressure Rodgers, get him thrown off his back foot. We can pick him off. He's just throwing it up there for us. I think that's going to be big. If the Dolphins can do that, they could definitely stay in this one. But I will take the Packers in a fairly close one, but probably about two touchdowns in my opinion. Uh, moving into the final one we're going to cover this week, it's going to be Cowboys at Eagles. I know this one seems like eh, two teams not playing up to their potential really this year, but it's a big rivalry. Both of these teams need this game, especially Dallas. If Dallas loses this game, that's three and six. That's in this division – Probably your season, so um, I think this will be a big game for both of them. Miller, I'll let you kick it off. Yeah, I'm gonna pick the Eagles in this one. I think I think on Monday night, kind of deflated the Cowboys a little bit. I think go, I, I, the Redskins loss was close, but I feel I still think they had some confidence going into it. And I mean, we can be honest, the Titans are playing up and down. They're, I mean, they broke a three-game losing streak. I know I picked them to win earlier, but I think overall we can agree the Titans have had a pretty mediocre year so far, especially a mediocre offense. The defense has been pretty. Pretty above par, but either way, I mean, the Cowboys' defense kind of lets them out to dry a little bit towards the second half. Uh, we were talking about earlier, even Jared said it. I think overall right now it just comes into coaching, and I think the Eagles are a better coach team overall. I think I think Jerry Jones is like a yes-man and Jason Garrett, and I don't think Jason Garrett does anything innovative on offense to really elevate Dak to a new level. I think Amari Cooper could have another big game, uh, like kind of like he did last week. I'd probably, probably say he'd probably get another touchdown, maybe a couple more yards. But I think overall right now, I mean, if – I think the Eagles are more primed to take over the division. I mean, with this win, they—I mean—they're at five and four. They—they're they're back in the conversation a little bit more than they were than they have been. Just with the, the Redskins kind of faltering a little bit, not playing as well as they were at the start of the year. But yeah, I think overall the Eagles are just way too high powered against the Cowboys right now, especially on Monday night. It's at Philadelphia. That fan—that fan base is overall rabid, and they—they want to get back to where they were at last year. So I think the Eagles are going to kill the Cowboys overall. Yeah, I think I'm gonna take the Eagles in this one too. Cowboys, we—I mean, we all watched it when they first couple possessions. They were driving. I mean, they were up seven zero against Titans. We all thought, okay, and Amari scored the touchdown. We're like, okay, the trade worked out, and they were driving. And then Dak threw his interception and triple, double, triple coverage. We're like, all right. And then it just seemed like everything after that just fell apart. And I don't know if it's—I think it's coaching for sure. Like you said, we talked about this. I think it's coaching for sure. I don't know. Jason Garrett's the yes man, as you said, pointed out, and I just think. They're going to need to find somebody that is innovative, and I think that someone can, like, just find a way to, like, a McVay or just something. I mean, because Dax has a talent to be a top quarter, but we saw in his rookie year where they what, they went 10-6 and six or 11-5, and five, I think, I and they made the playoffs. Yeah, it was like 11-5 and five or 12-4. and four. I mean, yeah. they got the number one seed in, in the NFC. I mean, yeah. it doesn't happen, doesn't happen for no reason. Yeah. And I just think with the potential they have, and I just don't know. Sean Lee, I think we saw today that he is out for four to six weeks with a hamstring. I think it's time to let him go. I, It's just one of those things that I think that he's got the injury bug, and I think he just needs to move on. I mean, the Redskins game was like what game they had to win. They almost did. And this one, we all thought was like this one was a must win for them, and they just don't seem to have it this year. I mean, they're still – don't get me wrong. If they win this game against the Eagles, they're still in the race because sure. nobody trusts the Redskins in this division. Lord, especially, no. especially with the way the teams are right now. I mean, the Giants – otherwise, except the Giants. But, yeah. like, this game could come down to Week 16 or Week 17 where whoever plays gets in, like we've seen in the past. And so, you could see, like, a 9-7 and seven team win this division. I mean, yeah. especially with how close it is right now and the Redskins – 
probably going down a little bit um, in the past couple weeks. It could be close. But, yeah, like you said, it's at home. I, I just don't see Philadelphia losing this game. They just traded for Golden Tay. I think him and Alshon is a big deal. And I and I just – at the end of the day, I think they find a way to pull this one out. I think Darren Sproles is supposed to be back this week, which is, 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 a, is a big deal. I mean, even though it doesn't seem like it with J.J. being gone, he's a big part of their passing game, yeah, I he's, think. He's huge in the passing game. I think he will break off for, like, a bunch of screens in this game for sure. So I just think at the end of the day, I think – I mean, like Jerry Jones said, he wasn't going to fire Garrett, but – I think if they lose this game pretty bad, I think it's done. There's no way. There's yeah. I just don't I mean, see it. I mean, he he just said that he refuses to fire him in season. So does that mean that you're wasting this season with a coach that you plan to fire after the season? It's just it's a very weird like very dynamic with yeah. what they're doing, and it just confuses me completely. Um, that being said, I'm taking the Cowboys in this game. Bull strategy. Um, <laughs> the top three corners on Philadelphia are out this week. Um, including Jalen Mills, who's been their top corner, uh, you know, know. in, in know. quotes, um, this season, he's top on the depth chart. I'll, that's as much as I'll say about him. Um, but I am going to take the Cowboys. I think it's, it's going to be a surprising victory for him on Sunday night. Um, but I think that they go in there and their offense doesn't sputter quite as much. Um, I know the play calling, I cannot stand Linehan and Garrett making these play calls on offense. I think it absolutely hinders what they do, especially with the talent they have. But I think this week um, will be an outlier. I think that especially Amari Cooper being there, I think he takes advantage of a lot of those corners. And I hope that they see that they can move the ball downfield, throw the ball downfield, especially on a very weak secondary that's been plastered by injuries. Um, I think they're going to try to get the ball downfield to Hearns, to Beasley, and to Cooper, and I think that's going to play a really big role in it. And I think also time of possession is going to be huge. They have to keep the ball out of Carson Wentz's hands, Um, and I think their defense can do that. Um, But I'm interested to see, like you said, Jared, how Golden Tate is implemented into the offense and how Sproles plays as well. Um, But I just I I have a gut feeling with this one. I could definitely be wrong, uh, but I am going to take the Cowboys in a close one um, at Philadelphia. I definitely think Van Der Esch could have another big game this week. Oh yeah, yeah. especially with the absence of Sean Lee, he's going to get the majority of those snaps, and he, he's had a pretty killer rookie season so far. So yeah. I think he could take his game to another level. Yeah, this I think week. I think him and Jalen Smith have played really good, especially with how yeah. young they are. And I, I agree with Jared and you with Sean Lee. I think he's out four to six weeks. That's probably until at least week 14, 15 at the very minimum. And it's a hamstring. And so, yeah. yeah. And that's tough to come back from, especially a linebacker like him who is is very agile usually when he plays, especially in uh, run stopping and stuff like that. Um, so I think it could be cutting ties time with him just because of how much he's owed next year. You know, I, I think it's in the double digits and millions. It was um, yeah, it just especially with the young linebackers that they have that core, you just don't need to keep him around. Uh, so I agree with that one. So, But I am going to take the Cowboys. And now we'll be going into our new segment, College Football Rankings, as they have now come out every Tuesday since last week. And we're going to be talking about key takeaways and just what we overall thought about the rankings that came out until the College Football Playoffs start talking or happening. Uh, go ahead, Adam. You can go with your key takeaways. Uh, yeah, I mean, with my takeaway, I think it's one Washington State is a little high for me. I think they're a good team. I think uh, Gardner Minshew is one of the best QBs in the country. Um, and I don't think it's really that close or debatable. Uh, but number eight's tough for me just because the Pac-12 is so, not terrible, but they're so mediocre it hurts. 
Like, like the conference championship in that league will include at least one team with three losses, probably, mm-hmm. um, which is just tough for me to overlook. But I, them being at eight doesn't surprise me. I would take West Virginia over them in a heartbeat. Um, so I do think that West Virginia should probably be eight. I actually have them at seven um, because I think I would also move LSU down a little bit. Um, but that's just my takeaway from that. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely with you. I would move Washington State down. Like I said, the they have great quarterback play, but overall they haven't really, they haven't really played anyone of note. I know they're a one loss team, and they are like they have been they have been become a bigger known team over the last couple of years. But overall, I just think they haven't really they haven't really overall impressed me for yeah. that beat. I mean, I also love Mike Leach. That's so. fair. He, he, honestly, <laughs> like Mike Leach is insane, but like you gotta give him credit. He is like one of the. He's an innovative college coach. Yeah, I mean, he's at Washington State, and yeah. he's making them a he's, very, very top-tier He's program. much like Chris Peterson at Washington. They've made they've made no-name teams relevant in the past. Yeah. And Washington's having a great year, but, like, you got like they were in the playoff a couple years ago. Like, they're they a known, known quantity now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would move I would move West Virginia, West Virginia up. I know Texas is a little bit lower on the list right now, uh, but I still think that's a quality win. Uh, overall, West Virginia, I mean, West Virginia's kind of playing, besides the one loss, they've been playing lights-out football overall. And like I, said, I move, I would definitely move LSU down. I just over, I just think I don't think they're as impressive as a team. Their defense is locked down and can be, but like I mean, what we saw against Alabama, when you don't offense to back it up, I mean, there's not much they can really do. Yeah. I think Ed Ogeron's proving he's not a top college coach by far. He, no. He, he quit coaching towards the end of the game, and overall, and Nick Saban's an elite head coach. I'm not like I'm not discrediting him at all, but like Ed Ogeron just got simply out coached in general in every facet of the game. Yeah, it was just clear that like when when you watch a game like that, it's just it shows you how much of a gap there is between Saban and what a lot of people think is a better SEC coach in Ed Orgeron, especially at the LSU program, he's been, you know, pretty good. But overall it just it just didn't work he's, out for him. Edo's definitely a good recruiter. I just don't yeah. I don't think he's what he's what you need to develop elite talent. Yeah, not a great game planner. I agree. Uh, besides that, I mean, maybe I think Georgia has an argument to be number four after like crushing Kentucky, who was challenging for the East until last week. Uh, you can argue Kentucky should be lower. I personally would put them a little bit lower. I think, if as much as it's a close call, the Missouri game was. I know Florida they got killed by Missouri, so Missouri's clearly not a pushover. But I mean, overall, their their record's pretty pretty horrendous. And overall, I mean, they won by like what four points against Missouri at the end of the day. It was it was close than it should be. Mm-hmm. And again, we I think we argue that Missouri probably should have won the game. But yeah. regardless, I think the top four is pr- – it's hard to speak the top four right now. I mean, Alabama and Clemson, you can't move them. Notre Dame's undefeated, and what we all saying they haven't really played anyone. They do play Syracuse in a couple weeks, which is a huge matchup, especially if Syracuse stays ranked. They're at 13 right now. Uh, and besides that, I mean, Clemson plays Boston College, but I think overall their offense is going to be too much and their defense is suffocating. Yeah, I just think with – Boston College's defense is really good, really but solid. I just think that their offense – can't keep up even if they hold the Clemson offense down somewhat. Yeah, I agree. And, I, and Michigan, I'm not, I'm overall not impressed by Michigan. They they killed Penn State, which and I I feel I went on record last week saying how much I love Trace McSorley and he he played awful. Putting it bluntly, he was uh, yeah, like Jared said, he was awful. I was gonna say sucks, but awful is probably a better word to say. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, I think personally, I'm, I might move Georgia number four, uh, put Michigan at five, just until Michigan maybe picks up uh, picks up a notable win. I think the Ohio State game is gonna be key to, to Michigan really to maybe making the jump to a playoff team. Uh, but besides that, that's good for me. Yeah, I agree with both of you on both of your takes. I think my biggest thing is how the ACC. Joel Klatt talked about this a couple like a couple days ago. How ACC seems to be higher, like just rankings wise, seem to be higher than everybody else, or just seems to be higher than what um, they should be. I think it's pretty key. Syracuse and NC State, which are both two lost teams, that were kind of sitting there. We're just kind of like, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I'm not like taking anything away from them because I mean they they've played pretty well this season, but like 
slow down. Yeah, it's bit. just the fact I think both the two SEC teams that are below NC State would beat NC State. I agree. I and it wouldn't even be that close. I to think me. for Syracuse too. I think I don't think that game is close. I think cuz I mean especially for me Florida and Mississippi State right there. I mean that's what he's talking about. Um, but I just think at the end of the day, I think those teams go, could go in and, and beat them pretty handily. Yeah. And that's my biggest point. And then I think LSU being at seven is a, big, is a bigger problem for me. Because, I mean, I get it. They played Alabama. I know we talked about this before, that Alabama, just showing the respect. I get it. Yeah. But you can't, you can't not put up any points, and you were saying about Ed Orgeron. You can't put up any points at home in a big in a big rivalry game, which is kind of, I mean, it's what it is. Like, it's no, I mean, I know. Especially on a national stage, you, you, can't, you, can't, you can't lose 22 to zero. And I. And especially when they like, especially when it was a top matchup of top two, top four teams. I don't think you can only mark them down to seven. If they score like a touchdown or like even like even if they score anything in general, then it's different right now. But they didn't score anything. Or if they at least kept like kept it fairly close in the second half. I mean, the, the first quarter was very close. Oh yeah. sure. But the last three quarters, you just saw what Saban does, it, and it, that's just how it goes. It was an incredibly boring game. This like this next three quarters because you you've seen the script before. You see Alabama pull away and then. They, they just do what they do, and they, they close out like they close out games. Like it's it's not yeah. even close. And yeah, I mean, like you said, I'm not sold on Michigan. That's the only thing I kind of have is I'm not sold on Michigan. I think Georgia should be five, and I just think that I'm not really sold on Notre Dame either. I think we all, none of us are. I, I think Oklahoma should be higher, but that's because I'm a homer. <laughs> I, right. I think they, they should be five. I don't think they should be top four. I mean, the way they got played it, last they, week at Texas Tech defense. I mean, to be fair, Kyler Murray had two Stevie Wonder throws that in their own twenty that kind of put up fourteen points. Like they, I mean, they could just like a walk in. So, yeah. but other than that, I mean, I think they have it right. I'm I'm definitely kind of concerned about how high they have ACC teams, like I said. But other than I, I'm just not sold on Michigan and Clemson yet. I mean, talent-wise, the NBA <coughs> Dabo is going to find it when they get into the playoffs because more than likely they are. I think they're going to find a way. They, they always seem to, like, play better in championship games, especially against Alabama. We've seen it over and time and time again when they make it with Deshaun Watson. And I just think – but I'm definitely not sold on Michigan and Notre Dame. Look, for, I would – I wouldn't be surprised if both of them or at least one of them lose over the next three weeks. Yeah, I, I like Michigan more than both of you do. I picked them last week. I didn't think it was going to be a 45-7 to 7 game. I had them by, you know, 10 or 14. But I I probably like them more than both of you. I personally like them more than Notre Dame right now. That's fair. Uh, I agree with you. Just Notre, yeah. Dame, Notre Dame hasn't played anyone. Yeah. I mean, like, I, and I, I know I, the head-to-head Notre Dame played Michigan, beat them. That was also, what, week two of the season? Week one. Week was, one, uh, yeah. yeah. It was like the Mark matchup of week one I just think Michigan is a completely different team now and I know you know all the head-to-heads you know they have to they matter matter. and they they matter a lot because they should I mean you face the team you beat the team you should be ranked ahead of them and I understand that but I just think now even with Ian Book I think Michigan is overall a better team so I would take them at three and I agree with you Georgia is right on the cusp of being four for me and I also think that Oklahoma is you know really up there too I just think the defense scares me which you know scares most people but I just think it's it's a close call but it really just comes down to these final couple you know two or three weeks with these matchups of like Notre Dame having to play Syracuse Clemson having to beat Boston College if one of those teams can pull the upset then that team that loses is going to be out like that so it really just comes down to that so yeah, this is, this is definitely the closest it's been, like three, four, five, and six wise. I mean, we it's never been close one and two with Alabama and Clemson, but definitely I think it's the closest it's ever been for sure. I think yeah. it's gonna be tough. At the end of the day, I think no matter what happens, it's it's always gonna be a tough decision. I think. Yeah, yeah, and I, I just think with Bama, if they play Michigan, that's gonna be 
they're they're going to beat Michigan handily, but I think it would be closer than if they played Notre Dame. I do think Clemson right now is matched up best for Alabama for just sure. because of their balance. But I also haven't seen Clemson play anybody that's you know a top fifteen team. Um, I mean, other than Syracuse, and but NC State. it's also Syracuse, yeah. yeah, and NC State, who NC State got absolutely murdered by them. So that that does show a lot. So it would just depend on that. Yeah, I do. I do think this is going to be where the championship weekend games matter the most. I mean, if you're looking at Georgia, they they pretty much had to be Alabama twice, once in the SEC championship game, and then once in the playoff. Because I, I, I don't think at this point they can't really move past four. Uh, I think they're. I mean, I think that's all they can really get, especially Notre Dame, Clemson, Alabama all went out, which I think we can all assume they, they more than likely yeah. will. Yeah, I mean, because I, I have Georgia marked down for another loss because they're going to play Alabama. Too, yeah. So it's, that's going to kick them out. So my wild card team would be West Virginia if they can pull the upset over Oklahoma. I don't personally believe they will. But I think that if they somehow can, then that moves them all the way up to five, basically, because Georgia would have also lost and Oklahoma would have, of course, lost too. So then, depending on how these Notre Dame, Clemson, and Michigan games go – then they could be in the top four, you know, by the end of the year. So it, it, we'll just see how it plays out. But that's just a team for me that I'll keep my eye on. For sure. All right, guys, that's going to do it for another episode of the Logic This Week in Sports podcast. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.